Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, also known as the Word Church. Again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. Richard's over there laughing, but it's all good. <laughs> okay, we were speaking on uh, yesterday, our last time together, is Believing and receiving the word of God. A lot of Christians, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 7, and all you're getting, get understanding. And Jesus said, uh, Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, 17, that we may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. God desires to enlighten us uh, by his word through his Holy Spirit. So I always say it like this. Sinners need preaching, but Christians need teaching. Jesus, wherever he went, he taught. So, again, we like to lean to our own understanding concerning the things of God, but you have to have the word of God. Not only that, and I always say this too, anybody can read the Bible, but not everybody has revelation of the scriptures. And when I say that, it means understanding. Well, so, there, are, there are people that are uh, religious scholars that read the Bible and, and teach on it all day and don't believe a word of it. Right, right. They're just scholars. They have a, a head knowledge of it, intellect, but they have no revelation. And... Before Adam fell in the garden, he didn't operate mainly by intellect. He operated by revelation knowledge. And in the garden, there was no university, Southwest, or Illinois. There was no Chico State. Adam got discernment or understanding or revelation directly from God. God spoke to him through his spirit. And Scripture says Christ has redeemed us. I mean, he reconciled and restored us back to the beginning. So now... We, through the Holy Spirit, can get wisdom downloaded from God to our spirit through His, through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. So he'll give us understanding. So, again, that's what this broadcast is about also is to give you understanding, which will, in turn, ignite your faith on fire. So when you hear the word of God, you have to not only just believe it, but receive it. And, and I'm going to say it like this, too. If you really don't believe it all the way, just go ahead and receive it, and, and you believe in the catch up. I'm reminded about the man in Matthew chapter 9 that had the son, and he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And that's all God needed was him to believe, because if you have faith the side of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible. Well, he declared that he had the faith the side of the mustard seed when he said, Lord, I believe. And all he had to do now was continue to receive the other part that he really didn't believe. And Jesus like, well, I can work with you with the little faith you got. So you got to believe and receive or receive and then 
continue to believe. Well, see, through all the way through the Bible, you see people that don't really know all there is that God's going to do. They believe what... So Abraham, God says to him, go to this land. Abraham doesn't know everything that's going to happen to him when he gets there. He doesn't know mm-hmm. exactly where he's going to live. He doesn't, he doesn't know everything. He knows, though, that God said go, so he went. And that's where we all are. God calls us to something. That doesn't mean we're going to know every detail that's going to mm-hmm. take place in the future, everything, mm-hmm. every single thing that's going to happen. It's as he reveals to us what he wants us to do. We are then obedient to it. We act on it. And then he leads us on into further revelation. Well, and, and that's that trust part. Over in Chronicles, Second Chronicles twenty twenty, it says, "Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in His prophets, the one God sent, and, and so shall you prosper." But the first part was believe, and that part of that believe, in that believing is, is trust, having confidence and reliance on God, and God will never let you down. But I wanted to refer us to this verse of scripture in, in John. And there's a lot of revelation in the book of John. But we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 12. Actually, we're going to start at verse 10. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And he's speaking of Jesus, because Jesus is called the Word. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Well, same thing today. A lot of Christians hear the word and they won't receive him or they won't receive the word. But look what he says in verse 12. But as many as receive, now underline receive, that's past tense because it's got an ED on it. Many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Those who believe. Now look how received and believe is in that same uh, text of scripture. Who believe on his name. So again, when you receive, God now opens you up to what's called revelation knowledge because you have a receiving heart. It says over in Mark chapter 4, it talks about the parable of the sower and the seed is the word of God. And he all, he talks about receiving the seed. He said you can receive it on the wayside. We know what happens. The birds of the air eat it up. You can receive it on stony ground. It'll grow up for a little while, but when trials and tribulations happens, it has no root and it dies. And he said then you can receive it on thorny ground and the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and other things come in and choke the word out of you, and it doesn't prosper you. He said, but then there's ones like me and you, Richard, and Brother Dollar, whose faith is on fire, who receive the word on good ground. And it says they produce 30, 60, 100-fold. So it's all about how you receive. The Scripture says, back to James 1, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. you got to receive that in your heart. And don't try to rationalize it. Go ahead and receive it. If God said it, so be it. It may not make sense, but it'll make faith. So as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And we know over in Romans, it says not only right here, it just says we're children of God. But in Romans, it says we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That's good news for a guy like me. (laughs) Yeah, that's good news to, to be an heir with God. That means... Everything that God has, because that's what an heir means, correct me if I'm wrong, an heir means I inherited something. So he says, I'm an heir with God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Well, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Christ Jesus. So everything God has, I now, I'm a, he get 100%, I get 100%, because that's what it means to be an heir. It ain't 50-50. Then he says, I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. So I have everything he has. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life, 
and have it more abundantly. So, but I got to receive that. I can't water that down. I can't say, oh, but no, no, I just got to go ahead and walk in what God's already prepared for us. Well, you know, you talked to, earlier there just a minute ago about the ground that it came up, but there are weeds that choked it out. And the weeds that choke it out are just everyday life. We, even as Christians, it is so easy for us to want to put our faith in Christ and to live that way. But then the world's right there. And so we see the world and the world tells us something and we say, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't matter if if that's really what God says or not, but that seems to make a lot of sense. And then we keep one foot in the world and one foot in Christ and you cannot live that way. What will happen is the weeds will come up as he talks about there in that verse and choke you out. And because the world is just right here, the world is all around us. You turn the television on, there's the world. You pick up the newspaper, there's the world. You walk out of your door, there's the world. And that's what he's talking about. The world is right there. And we as Christians have got to get past the idea that we want to continue on in the world. Lot's wife, she looked back. She wanted to to keep Mm -hmm. what she had. Mm -hmm. And that is more than just a... A story about Lot's wife, that's a metaphor, really, I think, for all of us. Because, oh, yeah. yes, we start down the path. We start down the walk with Christ. But then we want to look back. Because there were some interesting things in the world. There were some things that we kind of like to do. And we allow that to draw us back in. And the next thing we know, the weeds are right there and they're ready to choke us out. And the scripture says, he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed and fixed and focused and and trusted on him. That's the amplified version. But that's what God wants us. And he tells us also that Jesus Christ, which is considered the word of God, is the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, run with endurance the race that's set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Well, looking unto the word of God. The word of God is is the sovereign. It, it, it settles it. If it ain't in the Word of God, I don't really want it. So I'm going to lean to the Word of God for instruction. It says over in Timothy, the Word of God is for instruction in righteousness. Where we're righteous, so we have to use the Word of God. Again, I want to refer to another, to verse 12 in uh, John. John chapter 1, verse 12. Look, and the Word became flesh. See, the word has to become flesh in you. It has to become one. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask for anything. That's over in John 15. But he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So the word is full of truth. The word of God is full of grace, and grace is power in God's favor. That word is, is full of that. So we have to... Keep looking at the word of God and you got to receive it. You got to believe it and receive it or believe it, receive it and believe it, whatever way you want to put it, but you got to have both of those. Well, see, you have to, you have to believe in your heart, not just your head. Yeah, well, because even the demons believe that, that God exists. Even the demons believe that Jesus exists. They just don't, they haven't accepted it. We need to believe it with our heart. And we're not talking about that organ that's in your chest pumping away. Talking When, when the Bible talks about your heart, it's talking about your spirit, mm-hmm. that you need to receive it with your spirit. And then your spirit comes to life. We have got to begin once again to really believe what God has to say. Is is God really true? Does God really mean it when he says that he will provide for all of our needs? Does God really mean it when he says that he'll always be there, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us? Does God always mean every one of his promises? And that 
we can know the truth, that we can have wisdom, that we can be led by the Spirit. We were talking before the show started about the fact that there are people who don't think that God cares about their finances, that somehow they have to struggle through that on their own, that, that, that that's not something that God's interested in, or God's not interested in their health, that they, they have to take care of that themselves, or God's not interested in where they live or who they marry or any of those things. I would submit that God is, is interested in all of those things, that he is interested in every aspect of your life. I was listening to somebody the other day talking to somebody, and they were saying, you know, this is how the Spirit works, is that you're going for a job interview, and the Holy Spirit says to you, don't wear that blue outfit, wear red. And you get there, and you find out that the interviewer, their favorite color is red. And now, all of a sudden, you have this advantage that you might not have had. And people say, oh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't call you to wear red or blue or any other color. And I would tell you that they do, that he does, that the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you in every aspect of your life, no matter how small it is, no matter how great it is, large it is, that the Holy Spirit wants to and can lead you in every part of your life. That's, that's his primary role. And as you were speaking, I was reminded of... Uh... Talking about trusting the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, instructs us, commands us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. That's all of our spirit. Not some of it, but all of it. And in all our ways, acknowledge him. And He will, it says, do not lean to your own understanding. That means your understanding might be darkened. So if you get it out of the word of God, put some trust in his word. Because again, God and his word are like wet and water. You can't separate them. You get God, you get his word. You get his word, you get God. So he says, trust in that with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. Unless your understanding is, unless you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, see, and then even in that, you know, he says your own understanding. Because that's, the Holy right. Spirit's understanding given to us is not the same as our own. Right, Because right, right. We're, we're programmed from birth well, to think and do certain things well, well, that from, may not be right. From fallen man. It's like Adam. Adam got revelation directly from God. God spoke directly to Adam's spirit. That's how Adam was able to name all the animals, all the, the vegetation. Well, he had wisdom from God directly. Until the fall came, he got spiritually separated. Now all mankind... When you get born, you get born with that nature of Adam. That's why everybody has to get born again. That's why he said over here in verse 12, as many as received him, he gave them the power or the authority to become children of God. You got to get born again. And look what it says that next verse in verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's being born again. You got to get born again in order to get revelation knowledge. Heathens don't understand this. The only thing a heathen or a sinner can understand is repent and get saved. Until that, you don't have, God is not really speaking to your spirit. Now, I ain't saying he can't, but the scripture just, I, and I base everything on the word. He says, as many as received him. It didn't say, as many as reject him. He didn't say he gave them the right to become children. You have to receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to, re Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Over in Timothy, I believe it says, there's only one mediator between man and God, and that's the man Christ Jesus. See, when I hear the word received, when you received him, 
That means that you've put him as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in charge. You. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I received him. I mm-hmm. now he is the one who's in control of my and life. And here's the thing about receiving: a lot of people receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, but then they try to serve two masters. Well, there's you come got a the problem right again. there. Yeah, yeah, that's the, so you really didn't. Re- you didn't really didn't receive him with all your heart. You said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to keep some of this. I'm going to trust you for salvation. Well, you know, some I'm, sin I'm, is kind of fun for a while. Well, well, a lot of people just want fire insurance. They just want to get to heaven and miss hell. That's what I call fire insurance. They want to miss well, hell. Yeah, yeah, you have this piece of paper. When I die, <laughs> yeah, I got this yeah, policy I, I got to say, but then what about the abundant life that Jesus said I came to give you? Right. And Jesus is the word of God. He's the living word of God. It See, says a lot, you know, people sometimes focus on what, what God gives us as, and thinking of, that as material possessions, and he says he will give us those things. But the greatest thing as a Christian that we have is God Himself. That's Hallelujah. Who, that's the greatest gift we have is God Himself. Well, you know what? In Him I live and breathe and have my very being. And a lot of people, you know, we can go off on another subject about all of that. To me, prosperity is five parts. First, it's getting born again because now I got a prosperous spirit, and I won't spend eternity in hell. That's the first part, and I. I'm re- redeemed and reconciled back to God. I can fellowship with him again. That's prosperous. Second is in my mind. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I guess that's prosperous because the Lord says, I'm not giving you a spirit of, uh, uh, of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Because a lot of Christians are crazy too. They ain't received that, that sound mind because they don't think God wants to deliver you. There's a deliverance. Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to well, set captives free. We don't have to have a spirit of fear and timidity. You're right, right. But then that, that, that third part of the, the prosperity pie is uh, health. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. That's over in Third John. So God's desire, God's best is not to heal you. His best is that you don't get sick. Yeah, that's walking in divine health. That's prosperity. I don't need no affordable health care. I have it from heaven. I got heaven's health care. Now the fourth part is financial Stability. God desires that you, he said he'll prosper everything you put your hands to. So he wants to bless you financially that you may be a greater blessing than other, others. That's why he told us to feed and clothe the poor. Well, I can't do that if I'm poor. And the fourth part is influence. God wants you to have influence with the king, with, with other people. If somebody, I can go somewhere, oh, Richard sent me. Oh, Richard? Oh, okay. He has influence with me. That's the fifth part of that financial pie. So God, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundant. That's abundance to me. That's what abundance means. So uh, you got to receive that. A lot of people don't want to see that. And I tell people all the time, you can do very little for God if you have the wrong image in the inside of you. God wants us to conform and transform us to the image of Jesus. Jesus didn't see himself as just a carpenter's son. He saw himself as the father's son. <laughs> he had an image of victory in it. He even declared his victory. He said, you destroyed this temple. And then three days later, that wasn't arrogance. That was confidence in who he was. God wants to change, transform your image. Remember, we're being transformed to his glory, to his image. Well, see, and, and we put it into our own heads, the limitations that we have, mm-hmm. where we say, I don't think I can do that. Or I don't think that can be done. 
And when God calls you to do something and you don't do it or you think it can't be done or you don't believe it, you're saying more about what you think about God than you are about yourself. So if God calls you, let's let's make it something simple. God calls you to be a Sunday school teacher and you say, I've never taught kids. I, I don't think I could do it. I, I just don't think it can be done. And you don't do it. What you've done is you have said, God can't do what he said I should called me to do. He called me to do it, but I don't think he can actually come through. And there are all kinds of things in people's lives where God calls them to do something. The fear, whatever it might be, holds them back. And what they forget is that they're saying more about what they believe in God than they say, than they believe in about themselves. Because when God calls you to do something, he will give you the ability the courage, the strength, whatever it is that you need, he will give to you to do whatever he's called you to do. It's throughout the entire Bible. People, Gideon was not a mighty warrior. Gideon was not a mighty fighter. Gideon was just working there, right? And God, But when God called him, God gave him everything that he needed to do what God called him to do. And you know, my Bible says in Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. He still has that grace and that power. It's still made available to us. And I always tell people this. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Right. And well, he equips the call to answer the call. Right. Right. So if you refuse the call, right. he's going to go equip somebody else to do right. what, it, right. what it was. Because we can say no. Well, it is possible Moses. to tell God and, and, no. And you just referenced those, those characters, not characters, those people in the Bible. Every one of them said, I can't do this. Right. I can't do this. But and I'm going to do it if you call right, me right, to do right. it. Right. Well, well, and David, I was just watching uh, the story on TBN the other night with David and Saul. David was a teenager, and God must have been speaking to him when he was out there in the fields with the sheep because he came to, to King Saul and said, I- I'll take Goliath. I'll do it. So he had, didn't have, God had been messing with him about his image because he said he knew it was God that's going to do it because we understand not by my might, not by my power, but by his spirit, I'm able to do these things. Scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, say what? Say what the word of God has that's implanted in my heart tells me to say. It says over in 2 Corinthians, we have in the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. First of all, you got to speak some things. David announced the victory before he went to battle. He didn't wait till he got out there. Well, he you know he told Saul, I, I, I can handle this cat right and here. And what he said was, the, the God who saved me from the barren lion will save me from right, this Right, right, right. And then, then Saul tried to give David his armor. He said, no, man, it's uncomfortable. It's too heavy for me, man. Take this off me. I don't need to. He's like, can I do it my way or, or God's way? And he, God's way, yeah, I'm going to take this a slingshot and, and I'm going to handle this business. So, again, it's not by our might or our power, but it's by his spirit. And you know what? And that's what we need to. We need to receive God's word, believe God's word, allow it to grow up in our spirit. Let it plant. Be, let it be planted in the good ground of our heart. And when I say good ground, that's not that's not negative ground. Go ahead and receive it, even though you may not understand it. Say, God, it's in your word, and I don't really understand it all. But I'm gonna go ahead and receive it. I'm gonna plant it, and I'm gonna water it with some more word. I'm gonna water it by meditating on it. I'm gonna water it by speaking it. Even though I might sound foolish, because I know in First Corinthians it says God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. And it also says the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So I'm going to always roll with God because I got all his word on it. He's gave us too much word 
And he's gave us too much of his Holy Spirit in us that reveals to us the truth. And he tells us, do not worry. So so don't worry. You know, I've learned over the years, and I tell people this all the time, if you can't remember anything else about Psalm 23, just remember the first part. And I've learned over the years that whenever something negative happens in my life, something that I didn't really want to happen, the first thing I think is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. As you was just thinking about that, I was thinking, and David wrote that. And David was a shepherd. But he said, I don't understand, I'm a shepherd, I watch over these sheep. But I have a shepherd too, the Lord. My God, he's my shepherd. But I don't need to worry, I don't need to fear because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in one. He's going to see me through. He's right. going to take care of me. I am so Ooh, saddened. That's a revelation. I'm so saddened by the number of Christians that I meet who don't really believe that. I mean, their life is consumed with worry. Their life is consumed with fear. They're fearful about their health. They're fearful about their finances. They're Fearful about their children, they're fearful about. Well, you know what I found, all, Richard. Almost every found, aspect of their and, life. And my heart goes out for those people. Like I said, Jesus looked out at the multitude and had compassion on them. That's where we, who are spiritually mature and have revelation, we have to tell them or reveal to them, or challenge and encourage them to meditate on the Word of God. Just we don't know. remember anything, but the Lord is my right, shepherd, right, and I right. shall not be in want. If you just meditate enough. on that, remember, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, faith equates to God's Word. If you meditate on his of uh, just a little scripture, you don't need the whole Bible. Do the first verse of Psalms 23. He said, nothing shall be impossible with you. That's all it takes is a little of God's word. But I mean, something happens and you're you're tempted to worry. You're something happens and you're tempted to be fearful. Just remember, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. I don't need to worry. I don't need to fear because he's gonna lead me beside green lead me to green pasture. He's gonna be there. His rod is gonna comfort me. He and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I I don't have to worry. He is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And that want is anything in my life. I don't have to worry about anything in my life because he will be there for me. See, Richard, and that's what it means back in Hebrews chapter 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who come to him must believe that he is. Is what? My shepherd. I shall not want. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek it. He's going to give me everything he said in Psalms 23 as I diligently seek him. I, I, I wrote this morning to somebody, you know, they were complaining about something. I was like, well, basically, a lot of Christians don't want to spend time in God's word. They don't. And when I say spend time in God's word, that's spending time with God because God and his word are one. When you start spending time with God and making love to God by spending that quality time with him and his word, he's going to reveal the secret things to you. He's, that's intimate time. If you're intimate with somebody, you get to know them a little better than others. So in God will reveal the, the deep things. The scripture says over in Corinthians, the spirit searches the deep things of God. So we have to spend time and, and God will, he will reveal some stuff to you. And here's the thing. When you have revelation about something, it may sound foolish to other people because God then revealed it to you. Well, I mean... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I'm not going to worry. And other people say, you better be worried. You just lost your job. You better be worried. And we don't need to worry. Again, we thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode of Faith on Fire. Join us again tomorrow. And uh, again, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, we'd like to encourage you to financially support, support it by sending your love offerings to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. And remember, keep 
walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.